If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your casts, please consider becoming a paid subscriber on Patreon. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to premium episodes, which will often be interviews with politicians, candidates, reporters, authors, and professors. So if you can, please pitch in at patreon.com slash To another episode of Gilded Age, the Vice Presidential Selection Edition. We now know who the VP pick is, and it is Kamala Harris, the uh, freshman senator from California. Joe Biden is betting big on Harris to deliver wins in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, possibly Florida, <laughs> uh, and a number of other places as well, but those are the big ones, I think. Um, so what are your thoughts, boys? Well, initially, I just want to say... Uh, you know, all the liberals can, you know, have a huge sigh of relief to know that California, the, the massive swing state, uh, will now be in the blue corner. Thank God. Yes. Um, I, I mean, just, just disappointment more broadly. Like, after You're just going right in for after, it. After uh, 2016 happened, I thought that the Democratic Party would change, you know, at the, at, at the gun of, you know, the utter failure that was 2016 and it seems like they're just doubling down and um there's also a sort of astonishment at the fact that we would choose you know the person that we're the democrats are stuck with the guy who drafted the you know drug laws in the early 90s the crime um, bill the, the crime, crime bill, bill. Yeah, 1994 crime bill and a tough on crime prosecutor as the people they're going with right now. The guy who wrote the law, the cop who yeah. enforced it. The guy it. who wrote the law and the cop who enforced it. So. it. It's really like a cruel joke on, I think, um, kind of black liberation focused people and the Black Lives Matter movement in general. Um, that that what you just described, Mark, like that is that is the Democratic Party's answer to uh, the biggest protest movement that we have seen since the 1960s. It's crazy. Well, I okay, so I'm going to push back a little bit. I don't know if we can say that because we don't know what it what it's like to be black in America and see yourself represented on the, you know in in the vice presidential candidate. I mean, a black woman vice presidential pick inherently is a historic move. So, let's just going forward, we'll acknowledge that um and you know, and as somebody as 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 a Jewish person, I, I you know I, I I can't relate to to what it's like seeing Kamala Harris, the, you know. But I can say that as a Jewish person, seeing Bernie Sanders, a secular Jew, um, you know, win be the first non Christian person to win a presidential primary contest in the United States, that was a big deal, especially after eight years of George W. Bush and you know, God bless America, God bless this, God Literally bless the that. First non-christian to win a, st a single state primary in the history of our country yes wow yes did not know that yeah that's that's it's huge 
right? Um, it is, but so I, look, I mean, I'm just saying, having, look, we've, we've had a black president. Uh, we had a, eight years of a black president, not a black woman. Uh, and and I, we should definitely note, and this is the, a lot of the media leaves us out, that Kamala Harris is also the first Asian American to be a nominee of, of a party, major party. Um, and, yeah, you know, we have... Vice president. Yes, yeah, sorry, not to be nominee. the vice president, to be yeah. on the ticket. So these these are big, these are big things. Where I think we can all, where I think we all sort of take issue is 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 policy and that that i think uh you know this this frame that we talk about politics through this identity frame often neglects well that's policy. my point and I mean, and that's she kamala really kamala has a history of, <laughs> of um pretty uh ruthless enforcement of state power um uh, you know in california and you're gonna i'm sure inform us more about that uh, that is pretty antithetical to the current you know black lives matter movement to reform and defund the police right just to give everybody a, a bit of a rundown kamala harris became uh the district attorney of san francisco and while she was district district attorney she chose to go after low-level offenses like first-time non-violent drug sales uh graffiti vandalism auto burglary uh, and truancy. Um, Harris Harris assigned senior prosecutors to deal with uh, cases of of vandalism and graffiti and auto burglary. She created a, a program called Back on Track, which has, despite getting positive um, reviews by the you know media, it was really an ineffectual uh, program. It didn't really do anything except threaten a bunch of first time drug offend- offenders with uh, hefty jail sentences. Um, or prison time in order to get them to enroll in this in this grueling rehabilitation program that arguably they did not need. Uh, most failed out. The ones that that did succeed did not reoffend uh, at a rate that was high. They had a lower reoffense rate than the general population, which is, you know, I guess an achievement maybe. But what it took to get there, I, I think, matters, and sh- and we should talk about it. Uh, then Harris, uh, goes on to be, um, attorney general of California. She turns a blind eye to police, to police violence. She, um, does not, uh, hold big tech accountable, uh, in terms with antitrust enforcement. And she notably did not process, did not bring, uh, a lawsuit against Stephen Bank. One West Bank oh, yeah. when it was foreclosing on people. And receiving government money to do it. He actually earned the nickname the foreclosure king because they were so awful about um, foreclosing on uh, homeowners. And um, I believe it may have been actually scooping up uh, foreclosed on homes and and making money off of those as well. Um, But I I just find it ironic, too, that now Trump's alleged uh, eviction moratorium executive order, which is absolutely not an eviction moratorium, is actually literally just a a request of the Treasury led by Steve Mnuchin, um, the foreclosure king, to see if they can do something about evictions, um, which is hilarious. Uh, But that's a side note. Um, Harris is, yeah, pretty notorious uh, on the left for uh, neglecting not only to prosecute Mnuchin's bank, but to really give an explanation years later about why she didn't do that. You're right. Her her deputies were encouraging her to bring a lawsuit. She did not. Um, It's also worth noting that Harris did oppose the death penalty at a time when it was not uh, popular to do it. But then she also withheld key. She was accused of withholding key evidence uh that that could free a man from from death row um 
that that was what Gabbard cited uh, Tulsi on the Gabbard, debate stage. Yeah. Basically, ended Kamala's um, campaign after it was the second debate. Yeah, right. So the truancy push, though, is something that I've done. You know that 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 I I think did a lot of reporting on um, at at least at least over social we need media. To, I was going to ask you, Walker, um, can you break down what happened with that? Cause it sounds pretty wild. Okay. So one of the things that Harris does is she takes a, throughout her career is she takes a look at a systemic problem, like, uh, young people who are involved, who are victims of crime, um, who are, who are in our criminal justice system. And she says that what we need to do is ensure that is to stop this problem at the root. So what's the, what's the cause? Obviously it's kids not going to school and getting an education. And so what she does is she uses her office, the weight of her office to go after parents of kids who aren't in school. Um, she, she pushes this as an agenda item as, as DA she gets. Uh, she's a major force behind Schwarzenegger's anti-truancy law that he signs. Um, she continues the push as as um, AG, and as she's running for Senate, it was a it was part of her her pitch to voters that I went after truancy and it was important and this is something we need to do. Critics of truancy crackdowns say that the efforts target the disabled, they target the poor, disproportionately target communities of color. Um, Harris cites as cited uh, as as an example of a success story how she brought charges against a homeless mother of three, um, and then through through that process was able to connect her with social services um, and get her help, and then drop the charges, which raises questions about why was it necessary yeah. to bring charges in the first place? Are you criminalizing But poverty? didn't she actually jail uh, jail parents who, whose kids were true? Th- there, there was one person that got reported on who was, who was jailed um, when Harris was AG uh, for truancy. And uh, sorry, Mark. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm wondering like, this is part of who Kamala Harris is, correct? So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I just, I, f- I often feel like, it, like, it's, it's a misnomer to, um, to say that Kamala Harris was chosen as the VP because of identity politics, because if you look at, um the policies that she's enacted and who they're hurting it is you know the the very people um who critics of identity politics would would say that biden is trying to appeal to by nominating kamala harris as the vp so i i just i i wonder why we're in this position well, I think Harris and Biden agree on a number, uh, you know, a number of things. I, I, first of all, I don't think either one of them are particularly ideological. I don't think Biden has. I think throughout his career, Biden has demonstrated a, a remarkable ability to follow what is popular, and um, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. For example, Biden backed the balanced budget amendment, <laughs> um, 
and was pushing cuts to Social Security and like, well, you know, my party's my party's going to hit me for this, but but this is you know this the we got a tough talk we got to have some tough decisions made and we got to we got to have some hard conversations you know about this stuff and that I think is uh, that was popular at the time. We were, we were just coming out of the Reagan revolution. There was a lot of people, there were a lot of people in government pushing this debt hysteria and that and Biden fit right neatly look, Jack, into that. Look, Jack, By the same you know, token, the retirement age should be 70. That's just how, come on, man. Right. <laughs> look, Jack, come on, right. 70 years old. And, and by the same, uh, you know, in the same way, Harris uh, build herself as sort of a tough on crime. You know, I'm going to crack down on, I'm going to go after crime, but, but she always said smart. I'm going to be smart on crime. Um, which really was just tough on crime, but with a, with a, you know, some appeals here and there, like going after domestic abusers, which is objectively a good thing, but like at the same time going after graffiti and vandalism and saying, you know, I, I did crack down. It's creating relatively small programs you know, of dozens, maybe hundreds of people. Right. And, um, right. and then creating basically case studies that she could use to sell herself. Well, the, the rehab program, right. Wasn't that only used by like under a thousand people. It was like that, that what you talked about Walker was really not a very widespread thing at all. Mark, Mark. Cohen oh, you guys. Article. Okay. That's how I know about it. Cause you guys wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, she, she, it was very, there were very small programs. Um, the graduation rate from back on track was lower than the rate of dropout based on the numbers that we got. Uh, it should be noted, however, that those numbers may not be complete, that the document we got was a working document. Um, oh, I, re I remember that whole fiasco. Like, we could not make the numbers make sense, no matter who we asked or how right. hard we tried. Right. Yeah. The conclusion that, that, the, office, that the, the DA's office came to, um, or... or had was like this was a mistake they, they didn't even give us an excel sheet because the numbers didn't add up they gave us a, like a screenshot <laughs> yeah but that's what they had because a lot of these records have been destroyed but it did still speak to the scale of the program and it spoke to i think the harshness of the rehabilitation program like you had to meet with like a caseworker like like once every other week you had to go into court multiple times a month it was it wasn't you know it was not a it was not an easy course to to go through. Um, and, you know, for a first time, nonviolent drug sales offense, like why would you even bring charges? Yeah, no, no, it, <laughs> it, 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 it perpetuated the problem under the guise of helping it because the, right. the issue is these, you shouldn't be bringing these people into the system in the first place. Exactly. And so that's the thing. If you want to reduce, uh, kids who are in the system or kids who are victims of crime, then you have to reduce criminality. You have to, you have to not over-criminalize things. You, you got to keep these kids out of the system. Like kids are kids. They, they're going to get caught with drugs. They're going to get caught, you know, do with graffiti or vandalism, but don't bring them. Don't, don't prosecute those cases. Like have, have restraint, like connect. If a kid is a repeat offender, rather than prosecuting them criminally, why not connect them with, you know, uh, with a guy, you know, some therapist or whatever. And, and, and especially the parents of kids, my God, like right. limiting them from being able to help their own children by make, by branding them criminals and hurting their job prospects uh, for the rest of their yeah. life. I mean, 
Right. It, 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 you get a, you don't, maybe you don't, maybe you don't get charged the first time or well, maybe it's intimidation. you do. It's literally state intimidation. Like you don't have, why would you have to threaten someone with criminal charges in order to get them into some kind of uh, rehabilitative program? It, it did, it did feel kind of like extortion too. Cause it was, <laughs> you, you'd be brought in, put before a judge and you would get the maximum fine, which, uh, or the maximum punishment. It was beyond a fine sometimes. Um, if you did not enter yourself into the program and adhere to it, which right. is what I, what I mean and, by like building case studies. Cause, and if you failed out of the program, you'd already pled guilty. You'd already pled guilty, guilty. So it, you wouldn't even have to go back to court. You'd right. go to jail for something that most people just get on a, a slap on the wrist for. Great way to get your conviction rate up. If you're a prosecutor, by the way, go after low level offenders who can't, who, who don't have the resources to defend themselves. And, and this is sort of the bread and butter of Kamala Harris's political career uh, or, or her career in criminal justice is going after these low-level offenders. Um, the tougher cases, like going after Google for antitrust violations or going after, you know, that stuff Harris stayed away from. In fact, during her run for attorney general, she did an appearance at Google where she talked to senior the senior VP, David Drummond, and he asked her, you know, where do you stand on, on antitrust? And she said, well, we have to allow these companies to grow and develop. Like, that's, that is, that's a good career move if you're somebody who wants to get, you well, know, it's, go it's follow also, your- It's amazing. Like, it's like, so she's been on the wrong side of, of sort of law enforcement reform. And now she's also on the wrong side of another very prevalent issue right now, which is giant tech companies and how they're abusing their platforms and potentially engaging in monopolistic behavior as well as, um, you know, allowing hate to spread, uh, proliferate on their platforms. Um, they've been up before Congress. We're not doing this, Alex. We're not going to get into well, this argument again. I know you're pro-hate, Walker, but I happen to be anti-hate. <laughs> yes, that's clearly, um, clearly. I know you're anti-speech, Alex. Right, right, exactly. No, yeah, touche, touche. <laughs> For the record, I'm staunchly anti-hate. Well, there you go. You know, it's, it's two to one. Uh, no, I, I kid, but... Um, you know, uh, th- that's a very complex issue that we, yeah, I, I agree we don't have to go into, but I will say, like, this is one of the reasons why these tech CEOs are being hauled into Congress to talk about uh, w- the sort of disastrous ways that they're running their businesses. So, again, we have we have Harris, who's, who's on the wrong side of that as well. Uh, she may have changed since then, you know, it's been a decade, but, um, you know, as she was a senator, and especially the most recent couple of years as a senator, she kind of switched over from being a more basically a senator centrist center-left figure to this allegedly progressive champion signing bills with Bernie Sanders left and right. And it wasn't just her. I mean, it was Cory Booker and if it was If she Joe does Bernie. that, though, if she sticks to that, yeah. great. Great. She, we know that, that that is flimsy and we know that, you know, based on like, I mean, she signed on to Medicare for All and she backed away. But but it's important that it she is. signed on because if Harris is ever president, if Harris ever becomes the account. president yes. of the United States, th- that... Like she doesn't seem to have the same opposition to leftist policies that Joe Biden has, even if she's not going to stand up and go out on a limb and fight for them. If a bill came before her across her desk, she might sign it. Like LBJ wasn't some great champion of civil rights, but he still signed the most aggressive civil rights legislation this country has ever seen. She actually was an original co-sponsor of the Green New Deal Senate legislation sponsored by Ed Markey, who's being primaried by Joe frickin' Kennedy um mr empty suit uh and so he might win but you know the fact that she signed it yes she'll probably back away from it given that biden is not 
in favor of it. He he has improved his comment plan, but I mean, come on, we've been over this before. I mean, the guy has uh, oodles of advisors who are in the literally profiting from the natural gas industry, um, or, or or have in very recent past. But the point is, yes, as you say, Walker, she saw, she she was a co-sponsor of the Green New Deal. People have something to hold her to, right? She also came out in favor of banning fracking. Okay, these are which are these are these are good things. Um, where I think people should be skeptical is is that the New York Times reported that that her former coworkers are like, yeah, she doesn't really seem she's not really ideological. She tends to favor sort of tinkering reforms that are common sense. A lot of the stuff that she she has done um, throughout her political life is are common sense reforms, things that you know I that are fairly non controversial. Um, but now, you know, we, so it is Harris, but up until today, it really seemed like it was going to be between Harris and Susan Rice, the former, uh, national security advisor under Obama. Um, and you know, we've had conversations Walker about this and I've maintained, and I still maintain that, um, I think objectively speaking, both in terms of electoral chances and in terms of, uh, actually being and serving the, as the vice president, um, as objectionable as Harris is and her past is, Rice would have been worse. Um, and certainly, uh, especially in terms of just winning the election. I mean, Rice has no uh, legislative record. Rice has never run for office. And she and her husband own, uh, may still own, in fact, as you reported, Walker, I think a couple million dollars worth of uh, oil and gas stocks. Um, I mean, you know, she, she's a wild card who seems that she's Thanks for the tip, awfully centrist. Way. Oh yeah, I did tip you off on that. Cool. Uh, I'm always, I'm all about the, uh, personal financial disclosures. So yeah, no, look, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know how much Harris really helps Biden in the Rust Belt with the voters who stayed home last election. Um, I don't know how much she's going to help him in, in Florida, um, so, you know, I, I, I don't, as far as electability, I mean, as, as you're, you're so fond of pointing out 200,000 people likely dead by, you know, the time the election rolls around, that's going to be far more convincing to people than who the vice president yeah, and who pick the presidential is. pick is too. I mean, we all know Joe Biden has no enthusiasm behind him. Right. Like it, it's only because he, he's right. kind of this like symbol of normalcy, um, that we're, we have not seen in, in four years. I don't actually think that Harris is going to affect his his chances much, um, if at all. I don't think I, I don't think anything Biden does between now and the election will affect his chances. Um, I think it all comes down to Donald Trump's handling of, of well, the he could he could pandemic. fuck up the debates, which would hurt him. But I, I will say, I think Rice would actually be a detriment. I think Rice would hurt his campaign. And I think if in, if if you're you know if you're Biden and you want to win this race, uh, you know. Picking Rice would have been a, a really disastrous choice. So, you know, he, he picked Harris, which I think Warren would have been a much better pick. Um, but, you know, of the two, I think Harris is the smarter pick. Neither one of them got any, got won any states. So, yeah, it, it would have, it would have been good to see Warren. I, I, you know, at the outset, I said I was disappointed with the Harris choice. You know, I am, you know, looking down at it from my my own ideologies and what I think would be best for the country but um I do think uh I do think that it does sort of hurt help his chances in a certain way yeah look I, I 
as far as as far as rice goes, the the only benefit to, to rice for people on the left is that she has absolutely no chance of ever becoming president. Whereas I think Kamala Harris now is the anointed, you know, front runner for the next. But that's election. where I, I I defer from you that as well. I think first of all. You know, four years of a neoliberal presidency probably means it's just going to be four years. Maybe, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll be another term, um, whether Biden stays on or not. However, do you think Biden's got four terms? I don't. Terms I don't. Him? But I, so, so, but what I'm saying <laughs> I don't is, even know if he has. What I'm one. saying, regardless of who we, the actual, all we need from him is two is two weeks. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> just as to make it to January. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it does, you know, we have we're going to have a, a sort of like uh, incremental approach to massive fucking horrible things in our country in our world. It's not going to be enough to convince voters, I think, to reelect that team. However, let's just say that is it is it is enough. I don't think. I don't think Rice or Harris would. I don't think it would matter. I think. I think the the VP. Let, let's. I mean, let's assume that Biden's not going to run for a second term. I seriously doubt it. Eighty two plus. Uh, his. I mean, given how how sharp his mind is now, it's think about it in four years. He's pretty much not going to have a second term regardless. So let's say that it's Rice. I don't think that she would not be the Democratic nominee. You know. How, you know how the party just. Um, it respects uh, the incumbents and, and sort of the legacies. I mean, come on, we're still the Democratic convention. It's still it's the Clintons. It's both fucking Clintons. It's Obamas. I guess the good thing is that that Harris had no, she had no momentum this election. Well, cycle. It, well, she did in the very early part, and then when when Tulsi, they, they did. But once people got to know her, they were just like, okay, never mind. Yeah, when Tulsi took her apart, then that was it. Um, so no, I don't think she helps. Um, but she is, you know, so I, I just don't agree that like Rice wouldn't have had a future uh, were she VP versus Harris. It, it It is. It's interesting that the moment that thrust Kamala into the limelight in the first place was uh, the I was that little girl moment against Biden. Yeah. Um, How much do you think those shirts are going to sell for now? Uh, yeah. Come on, those they've got. Trump, you know, you Trump imagine will be people- making them. Well, the ads are already there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my it's, god! It's it's just it's so it's so easy. It's it's it is weird that um, both parties destroy themselves and do all the op oh research that will ever need to be done before the even the presidential race even happens. But um, but that's see that's the thing. Like the the right doesn't have a problem with like segregated busing that Biden was supporting. Like you know what I mean? Like it was a problem in the primary. <laughs> And that's the irony is that like now, and like, first of all, I'm the first person to say it's a fucking, it's an election. It's a primary. You should throw all the dirt you want. Like that's part of the game. I would never complain about that. Um, but I'm saying like, now that it's out there, the GOP is like, oh, we can exploit this because like Kamala Harris accused Biden of basically being a racist. And now they're on the same ticket. Like what fakos? And like, it's hard to argue with that, honestly. No, no, it is. Yeah, what's mean- the justification? I was that little girl. And now I want to be vice yeah, president. Yeah, I mean, she is a careerist, <laughs> and it's very obvious. Um, of course, she is, and 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 that's you know, look, people. I I do want to sh- I do want to say like, it's not like the oh she's too ambitious, like she's too ambitious, like that's that's bullshit. Like they're politicians, we, that's you know normal. that that tends to get thrown at at women politicians in particular, and that's something that's been talked about, but like. Harris is no more ambitious or less ambitious than like Pete Buttigieg or or Joe oh, Kennedy. For, yeah, no way. And you know, but they, but let's be honest about who they are. They're not 
they're not ideologically driven candidates. They are absolutely careerists. Yeah. That's that's fine to acknowledge. It, I think it's good and fine to call it hypocrisy from whoever it comes from. Yeah. Right. Oh, and, and if you're going to talk about Pete, I, I also find it funny that Susan Rice um, started her career at McKinsey, uh, as did Pete Buttigieg. So um, I, I don't think Harris did. So if you want to keep score, maybe that's a little bit of a one point for Harris. That's a positive. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think between Pete and Harris, I definitely prefer Harris. Oh, yeah. Um, I oh, think yeah. that Harris has taken has taken some good positions that that I'm, you know, look, she she waffled. She couldn't she couldn't uh, decide, you know, sort of who she was this this campaign season. And that and that could be look, it could be also due to inexperience. Uh, I think Harris's legacy is yet to really be written. I mean, in California, it's written. But in terms of like who she is as a national politician, she's still writing that legacy. So she might prove to be better than a lot of people are expecting. I say that as somebody who is very skeptical of her and has done a ton of reporting on her. I mean, my the stuff that I found is now being, you know, recirculated again for, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure for this entire cycle it will. I be, mean, the so. bigger picture though is that obviously it's a big fuck you to the left. Um, I mean, it was going to be regardless, because yes. I mean, even if you're con- going to consider Warren kind of a bridge to the left, like she wasn't really in the running for VP for a long time now, especially after uh, the George Floyd protest began. I mean, there it was no chance for her. I don't think she really had a chance anyway, it, because like, even though she has been, uh, in my opinion, um, pretty cowardly and not endorsing uh, Bernie Sanders in two straight presidential contests, um, one, one of which she wasn't even running in and the other which she had no chance of winning by the time it would have been good to endorse bernie if you really want him to to win um i think that she is very consistent on for example bankruptcy law on anti-monopoly legislation she's very good in this stuff and i i don't think that really jives with biden or his team at all especially his team probably worse than him so yeah i don't think that i don't think that was a possibility it is kind of funny though that warren you know sort of I, I don't know. I guess you could say sold out for the for the for a spot in the in you know that she didn't get. Yeah, I mean twice. it's kind of sad. It's like, dude, you know, you could have. You, I mean, think about it. She could have been uh, treasury secretary under Sanders. Um, she could have been really had whatever job she wanted. Well, um, I mean, she 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 could still get something. I I honestly I, I'd be shocked if she has a place in the administration. I would be Plus, so I think they shocked. want her to stay in the Senate. One because she's kind of you know like an upper level person. Second because Massachusetts, for whatever fucking reason, has this habit of electing Republicans to state and national office, and you know her seat would not be guaranteed Democratic pickup. So it might be bet for the best for that party to to keep her as a, as a senior senator. I mean, if Markey goes down, she will be the senior senator and. Jesus Christ, like, uh, I don't even want to get into Joe Kennedy right now, but, <laughs> well, you know, let's, let's, let's be hopeful that, that, you know, uh, about, about what's coming, but, but yeah, I think ultimately a flawed VP pick definitely out of step at the, for the times. I mean, you have national, um, anti police, national, uh, police reform. I don't want to say anti police so i guess i could uh, say anti-police can i say anti-police I, I certainly it's anti-police i'm happy to right? say i'm personally anti-police like i'm i'm a person i don't like police so yeah no fuck fuck that it's definitely they're anti-police protests um and racial justice protests across the country and the the person who joe biden picks uh who who crime bill author joe biden picks 
is Top Cop Kamala Harris. Um, it's glaringly out of step, but who who said you know who made fun of criminal justice reformers saying build more schools less jails, build more schools less jail like marching around on a stage pretending to hold a picket sign. So a little out of step, but but yeah. So closing thoughts, Mark. Uh, you know when it was Biden as the choice, I you know I I expected to be a bit disappointed. I'm not surprised. I'm still a bit disappointed, but, uh, you know, I, I still, um, like you said, like you indicated Walker, I think, you know, Kamala still has a lot of road ahead of her and, um, hopefully some of the initial positions she's taken and things that she's done is not, um, does not cement her, you know, entire policy future. And, um, and, you know, given where we're at right now, I, I hope it's good enough that tr- Trump is just out of office. I'd, I'd rather, I, I, I want to be fighting the progressive cause. Um, I'd rather be fighting Democrats than Well, that's what <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, is that, the, the, you know, the left certainly has a lot to fight against. Some people are saying, uh, I think you're sort of not really quite in touch with, with what's going on on the ground, that like, oh, well, under Biden, like, wh- what's going to happen to the protest movements that are going on? It's like, no way, man. Like, they're still, they're going to be, they're going to be alive and well, believe me. Well, that's what Josh Fox said. I'd, I'd, even if, even if Bernie was president, we'd have to be pro- protesting him. I'd rather be protesting Biden than Trump. Like, we're always going to have to be. Right. So we're all in agreement then. This is terrible, but. And they lived happy, it's, it's happily the, ever after. Although, are you, are you all staying uh, registered Democrats after this cycle? I can't disclose that information. You know that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see much of a better option right now, but I, I'd rather have a voice in the, in the democratic primary process. I'm a registered a free market capitalist. Okay. That's, that's, that's my middle <laughs> name. Go. In fact, there you go. So, um, go. freedom and liberty. I'm going to join, for the, all. I'm going to join the birthday party. <laughs> join the, join the, join, join Kanye's birthday party. Wait, what? <laughs> Don't even talk. <laughs> Did you hear? He's, he's, he's running in on, on the, he said that his, his party will oh. be the birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! Honestly, like we, uh, we should talk about him at another time. I mean, maybe not. He's probably another not worth time. It, but um, I've had I've had enough of that bullshit. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's call it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this this week's episode of Gilded Age, the special vice presidential selection edition. Audio editing by Alex Koch. Original music by Direwolf.